Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from a mix of experienced medical device and medtech experts. These proven mentors will show you how to master the medtech space on your own terms without going to school. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Picture this. You're a medical device sales rep covering a procedure in one part of your territory, but unexpectedly, you get a call from a physician needing case support on the other side of your geography. What do you do? There's no way you can cover the case, right? The drive time won't allow you to get to the hospital in time. Perhaps your only option is to provide phone support? Enter NewRep, a unique mobile platform that allows medical device reps to support physicians in a virtual fashion. Think Skype on steroids, and then apply that thought to the medtech space. In this interview with Paul Schultz, co-founder of NewRep, we learn more about their novel platform and how it can foster increased efficiency within the medical device sales channel. Here's some of the points we're going to cover. The unique way in which Paul and Adam met their first advisor, Dr. Edward Bender. The challenges within the medtech space that Paul and Adam saw when formulating their MVP or minimum viable product. The four key features of the new rep platform. How have medical device companies responded to NewRep and what has been the response within the healthcare provider community? And why did Paul leave behind a solid gig at Campbell Alliance to embark on an entrepreneurial adventure? Of course, there's a lot more we're going to cover in this interview with Paul Schultz, but before we dig in, listen up to these brief messages. Job leads, opportunities to network, access to specialized groups, meaningful discussion and debate, Sound interesting? Then you should check out the Medical Devices Group on LinkedIn. It's the industry's only spam-free, curated forum for intelligent conversations with medical device thought leaders. Not only that, but it's the single largest medical group on all of LinkedIn. Medical device professionals worldwide are invited to join the Medical Devices Group to help build their personal and corporate brands. Check it out, medicaldevicesgroup.net. Again, that's medicaldevicesgroup.net. As a reminder, MedSider is on iTunes. Just go to MedSider.com forward slash iTunes and you can subscribe to the podcast for free. That way, all the new episodes will automatically download to your iTunes account. It's super easy. Also, if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate it. That really helps us out. Okay, for you ambitious med tech and medical device doers, here's your program. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of MedSider. This is your host, Scott Nelson. And on the program today, we've got uh, Paul Schultz, who is the co-founder of NewRep, uh, which is a mobile platform for medical device companies that allows on-demand virtual device support to physicians in the operating room. Uh, so welcome to the call, Paul. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Scott. It's a pleasure to be, uh, to be on. Okay, so let's, let's first start with, uh, with what is NewRep, what is this platform that I just mentioned, and then I'd like to dive into how the idea for this this uh, this platform was uh, was born. Sure. So NewRep is a mobile health technology platform, and what it does is brings a live remote medical device rep into the operating room through a physician's own mobile device for guaranteed twenty four seven support. It's uh, it's initially on the iPad, and it allows medical device reps to support more physicians by supporting them remotely, and it offers physicians guaranteed 24-7 medical device support. Got it, got it. So, so it's, it's uh, in, in, in layman's terms, it's like a, a go-to-meeting 
for the uh, for the operating room, basically. Yeah, you could you could consider that. I mean, there's a there's definitely a lot of features that differentiate it from consumer based products, um, you know, such as GoToMeeting or or Skype. Um, you know, where it's a secure uh, and compliant HIPAA compliant uh, video service, and we're really changing the customer engagement model in the medical device industry, uh, which is currently a one to one, and we're switching that to a one to many by allowing physicians to get in contact with the best rep in the U.S. based on location, availability, and connectivity. Um, and so we're, we're essentially connecting that physician with the best rep, giving them the comfort and convenience of, of uh, accessing the entire rep force in the U.S. Got it, got it. Okay, so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real decent overview, and I definitely want to ask you more questions um, regarding you know, what, this, what this platform looks like, uh, but I think the audience will have a good understanding of, of kind of what we're, uh, what we're dealing with here. Um, in, in, in new rep. So uh, before we get into the specifics of the product, let's go back to um, to where this idea initially came from, where it was born. Sure. Yeah, so, uh, you know, myself and, and Adam John, the other co-founder, we were both working as management consultants at Campbell Alliance um, towards the beginning of 2012. And we were working with Genentech, which is Genentech Roche, which is a pharmaceutical company, um, and we were working with them on a mobile strategy project for one of their top oncology products of Aston. And so during that engagement, we were helping them define how to sell to an oncologist with an iPad um, selling complex oncology products. During this engagement, we felt that a company as innovative as Genentech uh, really wasn't harnessing the power of mobile technology to address some of the challenges they were facing with regards to interacting with physicians. They were really doing more of the same, converting print material into digital material. Um, and mobile technology, mobile health technology specifically, really wasn't their core competency. They were really focused on building the best groundbreaking drugs, and, and technology wasn't their focus. Mm-hmm. So we really, during this engagement, felt that there was a need for a company to really improve the interactions between healthcare professionals and the life science representatives they rely on through mobile technology. And that was how the vision for NewRap was born. Okay. Um, so we were, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, yeah, we were really focused broadly across the entire life science industry initially. Um, but our physician advisor, uh, Dr. Edward Bender, really honed in on the pain points in the medical device industry, and we confirmed that through several initial rounds of market research. Got it. Uh, you, you just answered my next question. Is 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 it started out in 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 pharma or, or kind of the biotech space, but but you've now begin to focus on the device space, and that was a, you, you just answered my question. So um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean Adam John is uh, he's he carried the bag of the sales rep at Johnson and Johnson and and at Merck, and so he he actually felt the pain as a rep, and and uh, you know our physician advisor who was extremely frustrated with the current support model really proactively came to us and, and expressed the pains that he was feeling as well. Got it. Got it. Um, now, that, that's, that's interesting. And, and the physician advisor, you said Dr. Bender, is he a, uh, he's a cardiac surgeon, correct? Correct. He's a 35-year cardiac thoracic surgeon, chief of cardiology at St. Francis Medical Center. The interesting thing about him is he actually codes on his own. So ah. he, uh, he's developed 25 iOS um, applications specifically for cardiac surgery um, on his own. So he, he, he's kind of known to, to do surgeries by day and code by night. 
Got it. That's yeah. That's fascinating. I had no. I had no idea. Um, and, and so, so how did you? I, I guess let me ask you first. How did you connect with with Dr. Bender then? So he's an innovator. He's an early adopter of technology, and always looking for the the latest thing. We had a, a landing page, kind of a launch page on our site uh, online when we first started out, and he reached out to us. He was one of the first people to ever contact us, actually. Um, saying that he was really excited about our vision. And so he actually, he, he lives um, south of St. Louis, Missouri, um, and he went to the Worldwide Developer Conference, the Apple, the big Apple conference in San Francisco, and that's where we met. So we actually met at this at this conference, and we had a conversation around our vision and, and a lot of excitement around the possibilities and opportunities in, in the medical device space. Oh wow, that's, that's that's fascinating. So, how did he come to find out about your, uh, you know, your your landing page? That, that's a good question. I, I would, <laughs> I guess, through through just uh, natural search, I would have to ask him that. Uh, I'm not quite sure specifically, but uh, yeah, he somehow was able to find us. Yeah, no, that's 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 a fascinating story. I, I would presume he's pretty dialed into like the uh, the tech space, especially you know where where it intersects with. Uh, with medicine, so cardiac surgeon in, in, in St. Louis has probably got a keen, very very keen awareness of, of what happens in the you know in the operating on a daily basis. Um, and I and I, I want to go back to um, to where you started in, in your consulting re- uh, relationship with uh, is it Gentech? Is that am I pronouncing that right? Genentech, yeah, Genentech. Genentech. Um, one of my one of my friends, Joe Hage, who runs the uh, the medical devices group on. Uh, on on LinkedIn, he he made a comment once that I thought was really funny, and it's that uh, the internet forgot about the medical device space, and you could in this case you could say technology forgot about the healthcare space in general because it seems like so many companies that that uh, um, that are so high tech in respect to the life sciences, it's almost like they are clueless when it comes to um, technology. You know, technology that that you and I are both familiar with. Uh, uh, that that allows for more efficiencies, you know, in the in the in the business model. So that's that's an interesting interesting point. So, so yeah, let's... and I think that's why digital health and and mobile health is becoming such a a booming industry right now because because of what you just mentioned, you know, the 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 industry kind of forgetting about the medical device or the the healthcare space, and now a lot of problems um, that haven't been addressed are now being relooked at with a different eye. Um, with 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 uh, technology um, being the, the potential solution for some of those issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's 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 interesting. So so you you connect with Dr. Bender, and then you you discuss you know where to maybe where to maybe start with a with a minimum minimal viable product. Did it when you initially begin to explore uh, the fit kind of within the device space? Did it? You you mentioned Adam uh, Adam John the you know your other co-founder um, had had carried the bag before, but did it, did it surprise you how much? reps are involved in procedures on a on a daily basis and what kind of goes on inside the operating room or the cath lab or the interventional suite yeah that was a that was a real eye-opener i mean even working in as a consultant in the industry for for five years wasn't as familiar with the medical device sales space and it was extremely surprising and and you know doing doing the research and finding out that a rep is physically present in the operating room for the majority of Medical device-related procedures um, was, was was really interesting, and and you know every time we we have to bring awareness around this as as something that's commonplace, um, not only in the U.S. but globally, and and a lot of people are surprised by that. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's no doubt, and I think I think you were recently quoted in a, in another piece as kind of the the dirty you know the the dirty little secret in healthcare is that reps are <laughs> are, are actively involved in the in, in these procedures. But you know to be to be candid, uh, I think that would surprise uh, the the general public a lot if they knew how involved reps were. But on the other hand, on the flip side. In a lot of circumstances, reps are absolutely needed because they bring, you know, the the expertise to that specific case because they that's you know that's their little world, that's their little niche where maybe a Definitely. physician, a physician, um, you know, has to has to perform a wide variety of surgeries and they don't they don't uh, they don't get to see all of the complex complex cases and where certain technologies may may fit. So um, this provides a this will provide us a uh, a good transition to the actual the actual product, the the new rep platform. Because uh, I want to talk to you about what what specific challenges and, and pains that you saw that you and Adam saw, uh, you know, in conjunction with you know with with Dr. Bender and others, specific to the device space, and then where where new rep new rep um, you know fits in, or where you see it fitting. Yeah, in. definitely. Yeah, so you know the, the in person model is great, and physicians respect that. And if that could exist onward, that would be that would be the best approach. But unfortunately, there's a lot of changes in the healthcare environment that are making the in-person model no longer sustainable, um, specifically the medical device tax, you know, uncertain um, and declining reimbursement on medical device products and cost pressures from hospitals. All these factors are causing device companies to look for ways to improve efficiency, and in doing so, they're reducing the number of headcount to support physicians out in the field. And so physicians aren't used to the same level of support uh, today as they once were used to, and this is having an impact particularly in rural areas where physicians are reliant on the physical presence of one rep um, who typically had a broad geography, and now their their peers are getting cut um, or fired, and that rep is asked to cover an even broader geography. So they're struggling to meet the demands of their customers, and physicians are being frustrated as a result because they're either having to delay cases until the rep is physically present in the operating room uh, or even worse, proceeding without the rep. So they're proceeding without the optimal team present, which can lead to compromised patient care and, and increase the admissions. So a lot of factors that are causing just a, a general decline in the number of physicians, uh, reps available to support. And so that's, that's really impacting physicians' ability to provide quality patient care. Great. Uh, and I can I can certainly uh, I can I can certainly attest to those things you just mentioned, um, and and they they really go hand in hand. I'm sure you'll agree they go hand in hand with with so many headwinds facing the uh, the med tech space. Uh, right. and o- often uh, um, head headwinds equate to 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 less mar- you know are costly and, and equate to less margins. So the natural inclinations for a lot of device companies to reduce costs, which in a lot of in a lot of cases is reduce the you know the the sales force or the the sales and marketing. Uh, headcount, uh, which then equates to bigger geographies and, and bigger you know bigger bags of products. So um, and that uh, you know I, I think I think it's a it's it's definitely a huge huge issue, and that's where I think uh, personally I think New Rep is it, what you're doing with New Rep is is really cool. So um, those are some of the big challenge those are some of the big challenges. And so what when you begin to kind of create your your minimum uh, your MVP or your minimal viable uh, product, what what did you see as like the, the the primary things that you wanted to address up front? Yeah, so when we first started, we we really just kind of laid out all the features that we thought would be useful, and there's quite a few quite a few features initially. Uh, we just wanted to get everything out out of the bag that we thought would 
would be uh, important for a rep uh, and a physician uh, during a remote case. Um, so when we came up with all those features, um, we realized that a mobile product um, really couldn't support all those features. And through lean startup methodology, we, we honed in on four key features um, for, for our launch platform. And, and those features um, are um, product feeds, which provide all the medical device content to review prior to a procedure, um, a call pulse, which connects the physician with the best available rep in the U.S. Um, using a, a proprietary um, algorithm, and we can talk about that. And then uh, live video, so a HIPAA-compliant mobile live video uh, infrastructure. And then the last one is analytics, so being able to record some of the um, analytics from the case as well as um, uh, um, a rating for the physician to rate the quality of support provided. Got it. Okay. So, okay, so the, those four key features, and, the, and, the, and those are the, the, the four key features that are built into the product as, we, as we're recording this interview today, correct? Yeah, they're going through some iterations um, right now um, in terms of user interface as well as kind of adjusting them to meet the needs of our, our initial customers, but those, those are the, the key features for the, for the MVP. Got it, got it. Okay, uh, before, because I, I, I'd like you to break down for those, four, those four different features in a little bit more detail, but before we do that, yeah, um, you decided to launch uh, on the iOS system or the Apple system the Apple right. network, platform, however you want to describe it. Um, why was that the case, and then will you eventually develop for the Android platform? Yeah, that's a great question. So we, we looked at this really carefully before we decided to make a decision to, to go with Apple. And the latest uh, research from uh, Manhattan Research Group, uh, which came out in March of this year, um, states that 72% of physicians own a tablet for professional purposes, and that that trend is increasing, and their primary platform is the iPad or the iPad mini, um, if not the iPhone as well. So we made a decision uh, based on that to, to go with iOS, and we also found that, you know, of the top 25 medical device manufacturers, all of them have their um, sales and support staff in the field on iPads. So it's a it was a pretty obvious decision to, to go with that as our launch platform. Um, the, the, the challenging decision was to go iOS native or to go cro um, HTML5, which is kind of cross-platform. Hmm. And we made the decision to go iOS native because the look and feel and the simplicity is going to um, benefit the physician. So it's much more dynamic, much more intuitive and easier to, to use. Uh, if you build it natively as opposed to building um, non-natively. Uh, that, that's, that's an interesting point um, because what, what, why, don't you, why don't you briefly explain, uh, real briefly explain the differences between that native and HTML5 because it seems like a lot of applications are moving in the direction of, of HTML5 for the cross-platform cross, uh, um, functionality. But yeah, expand on yeah, that a little so, bit? Um, yeah, I mean... Different companies are, are making different decisions there. I think Facebook made a decision to, to, to get rid of their HTML5 and go native, and so there's a, there's a lot of differing opinions on that. Uh, but in, in short terms, what, what iOS native is, is, is you're building, building it in the code um, Objective-C uh, for iOS specifically, so it's its own language essentially. When you build an HTML5, it's essentially a, a web 
a website um, that you can wrap, what they say, wrap, you can wrap the, the application um, into an Android app, um, an iPhone app, or a web app. So okay. you, you can code it once in HTML5 and wrap it. There's, there's limitations in the user interface. And some of the, the structure, and, and as a result, some people even build hybrid apps between iOS and HTML5. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But needless to say, I, I, I think you made the the, the the correct choice in developing uh, for, or like at least starting out with with iOS for sure. I mean, I don't, I, I I can't remember the last time I actually saw a rep that carried a non iOS tablet um in fact I don't, right. I don't know if i've ever seen a rep carry an android tablet that that uh that was provided by the company and and, and that i guess the same thing applies for for physicians too only like the geeky tech nerds physicians uh maybe would <laughs> maybe would maybe try I, i've seen maybe uh have a uh, or carry like a you know one of the one of the newer android tablets but um but in, in, yeah, in, in interesting nonetheless. But so let, let's let's dig into those four those four key, key features. And, and why don't you start? We'll just follow the same order. Why don't you start with the, the product feeds or, the, or the, the content, and then and then move on to the call pulse, the live video, and then the the analytics. Yeah, sure. So when the physician and their operating room staff are preparing for a procedure, they can pull out their iPad in the operating room in a sterile, low cost sleeve. Um, and open up the new app platform. And prior to the procedure, they can select the devices um, that they're preparing to install or implant or use during during that particular case. When they select the devices, product-specific feeds load onto their main dashboard on their device. And these product feeds contain all the content related to that particular device right at their fingertips. So. Um, IFUs, product manuals, surgical training techniques, animations, really any digital content that the manufacturer wants to provide to the physician uh, is, is quickly accessible. Um, and, and they can look review multiple products um, right there. Now, when they need support in the operating room or the cath lab, they can select a call, an on-demand call button. And when they select this, they can do two, one of two things. They can select a specific rep with which they have a relationship with, preserving that one-to-one relationship, or they can select the best available rep. And this is really the, the power of our platform um, and, and how we're changing it to a, a one-to-many relationship. New rep first identifies the location of the physician and then connects them with the best rep in the U.S. based on location, availability, and connectivity using our proprietary algorithm. Once they're connected, the physician instantly obtains live video support and a secure and reliable connection right within the operating room. Once the call is complete and the support has been provided, all the analytics for the the case are recorded into a secure database and provided back to the medical device company. The physician can also rate the quality of support provided, and that information is also provided back to the device company. That's really a high-level overview of how the platform works. Okay. Okay. So let, let's. Um, I, I think for the most part, each of those features makes a ton of sense, um, and and um, and you probably chose those <laughs> those uh, for a reason, right? Because they're they're right. fairly they're fairly easy to understand. 
you know, they address uh, a, a lot of the, the major challenges. But in terms of the product feeds and the content, that first feature you mentioned, so that all of, that's basically all of the content that the manufacturer, the medical device company, wants to provide the physician for specifically for the case support. So a video animation of right. the device, um, uh, IFUs, potentially product brochures right. maybe. I mean, is that – that's basically what yes. – yeah, okay. we, we built it. To, we built it robust enough to uh, allow a number of different file formats. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and uh, we're we're really building this out to be very robust. So we're we're going through an iteration right now um, to to improve the the robustness of the of the product feeds to allow for more content um, and and different tiered levels of content. Um, uh, to to align with some of our early customers' needs. Got it. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's a content management system on the back end that allows the manufacturer to, to manage that content in real time for their customers. Got it. Okay. And then the the call you said you said you refer to that button. You know, if if I'm a if I'm a physician or you know a tech in the OR, or the cath lab, or something like that, and I actually want to get in contact with the the rep, it's the call pulse button you mentioned. Is that what it's refer- yes. referring to it as? Yeah, okay. it's a, a, a call button, on-demand call button. Got actually. it. And so I can understand, it's interesting, because I can understand the idea of preserving the one-to-one relationship where you, you basically directly connect uh, that, that, um, that physician with the, with the rep that, tip, that they're typically used to working with. But help me understand wh- how you came up with the, the concept of, of finding the, the best available rep. Yeah, this, this really comes back to... The, the issue of uh, um, device manufacturers reducing their headcount in the in the field. Um, so when that local rep is is too far away because they have a broader geography and they're having to travel much much more, um, this uh, and and they're unavailable. This this allows the physician to get in contact with one of their peers um, because that the local rep is is no longer available to support them. So it's essentially giving that physician the comfort and convenience of getting the support they need when they need it, Got it. Um, from the best available representatives, whether it's their local rep or another rep. And so it's a, essentially a, a support system to, to kind of piggyback on, on the local rep and, and give them give the physician the support they need. Okay. Uh, two, two follow-up questions there, because um, I, I think this is starting to make sense why you built out that feature, because in a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, in a lot of in a lot of situations, um, particularly with a device maybe that's not often used, that hospital may not know you know who the who their existing rep is. Maybe there's been rep turnover, or they don't even know who that rep mm-hmm. is. So that would be the idea behind it. Would it would connect them with the best available uh, available rep, and that that device company on the other side could basically route that call. I'm assuming they could somewhat route that call to whoever's currently covering that territory. Right, so if the local rep can't take the call, you know, it continues to to pulse out kind of in a sonar-like fashion uh-huh. um, until the call is connected um, with 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 a rep, um, and so it's really it's really helping out the, the system. It's really you know improving the value of the device manufacturer support to the end user, which is the physician. And this is it's going back to why physicians are frustrated right now because you know. They're they're having to schedule cases around the availability of their local rep, and that shouldn't be the case. They should be able to proceed with procedures when they need to have them scheduled. 
um, and that that will increase the throughput, increase the efficiency of, of the hospital system by allowing them to the comfort and convenience of getting support whenever they need it. Got it. Yeah, makes a ton of sense. And then also um, uh, two other sort of questions around this this um, kind of one and the same question really, but. Are you? Is it? Would it be possible um, to to potentially connect? You know, if I hit that call pulse button to connect with like an internal, like an inside clinical specialty team in a sense, and then as a follow up, would it be possible to connect with maybe um, a a KOL that is on contract, a thought leader that's on a physician thought leader that's on contract with that device company to almost facilitate the the conversation there? Um, you do you follow me? Yeah, no, that that's a great that's a great question and we're in, we're investigating both of those right now. So the the power of our our kind of communication algorithm if you will is that we can triage the request um any way the device manufacturer wants really. Um whether it's to a clinical specialist, um you know, uh, if, if it's a pulse to the local rep and then to the clinical specialist in house after or if it's just their, their rep force out in the field, um, maybe even a call center if the reps are unavailable. Um, there's a lot of different use cases that we're investigating from, from that angle. Going to the KOL angle, that's something we're, we're, we're really um, looking into right now, sort of a specialist on call, if you will, feature. Yeah. And we anticipate having that rolled out um, sometime early next year. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that there being a, a ton of value around that about being able to yeah. facilitate facilitate that sort of uh, that sort of conversation or that sort of engagement anyway. Um, yeah, cool. that, that, going back to that physician to physician support, there's a lot of interest in the med tech space for providing that type of solution in emerging markets, mm. and so we're looking at that as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a great point. Something that I, I didn't even think of before you mentioned it. Um, yeah, because that that typically amounts to <laughs> a physician flying in, you know, to Latin America or something like that, and, and doing some training. But then, what happens after that? You know, after the initial training, which uh, which oftentimes is is uh, is not enough. So, um, right. cool. Let's uh, for sake of time, let's move on to the to, to the other two features: the live video and then the analytics. The live video, I think, makes makes a lot of sense. Um, other than in a in a um, in an environment like an OR setting, for example, maybe not the cath lab setting, but in the OR, there's a lot of fluid. Uh, that uh, I- involved. Um, it's not the not the cleanest environment for gadgets. What what's your solution around that? Yeah, so we're right now we're kind of building out a prototype. Uh, it's a low cost sterile uh, plastic sleeve, similar to the X-ray cassettes you would see in an operating room, um, that basically protect the iPad and keep it in a sterile environment while preserving the resolution of the cameras on the iPad. Um, there's also slits um, on the plastic sleeve that allow it to connect to uh, an IV arm, so it gets it out of the way. Um, and then when the rep needs to get a better view of the procedure, you know, one of the, the OR staff or you know the OR nurse or the cath lab tech can, can grab the iPad and maneuver it in, so the rep can get a better view. Uh, this is our, our early early way to get to market. Uh, it's kind of a low-cost, easy solution. We don't want to get into the hardware business right away, but we're also looking at, at prototypes for um, kind of carbon fiber iPad arms that connect to the bedside and, and a couple other potential techn- uh, hardware solutions. Got it. 
Okay, cool. Uh, and then, and then, lastly, the analytics. Uh, explain explain the a analytics uh, feature again, because I know you mentioned the the ability to to provide feedback as well as uh, as as well as sort of a built in rating system as well. So expand on, expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so the analytics are going to be pretty basic at first. We're just we're just uh, collecting basic data um, initially. So, you know, how long was the the case? What what was the who, who what rep or reps and what position uh, were on the call? What location? Um, and then, as you mentioned, the the quality. So, device manufacturers can provide a couple metrics um, that they want to rate their um, their sales and support staff on, such as quality of support, customer service, clinical knowledge, et cetera. Um, and this is an optional rating feature um, to give the, the physician the ability to, to kind of get some real-time feedback on the quality of support. Um, all this information is, is really just collected in a secure database and provided back um, and, and on a quarterly basis to the device manufacturer. Um, and in and, and doing so, we're, we're hoping that this, this will improve the quality um, and it'll allow uh, manufacturers to really hone in on where the training needs are, where the gaps are in knowledge, et cetera, something that they, they don't get today. Um, looking in the future, we want to be able to record these cases, um, actually recording the video um, and, and storing those videos, which could, which could hold a variety of different applications. And so, that's something in the future. We want to make sure that we have the legal, regulatory, and kind of we're in, in safe harbor, essentially, to, to do that. So we're still still working on that. Got it. Huh, that, that, that's really, I, I, you know, my I, my brain is starting to uh, to to think about this a little bit more. The wheels are starting to churn. Um, I guess is the better description there. But yeah, there's a ton of value around being able to provide feedback there. So a an in-house training team. Um, or even from a management perspective, you can get a, be a better idea of, of where where the that particular person who who helped out in that case could could shore up some of their their clinical knowledge, um, and get a better idea of, of of what needs to be what needs you know where the focus needs to be from a uh, uh, from an education standpoint. That's interesting. Definitely, yeah. yeah it's definitely not a, a tracking tool or anything like that. It's very basic analytics that are recorded in real time and. To provide it back, so it's really meant to, to try to improve the model and give device manufacturers some data that they've never seen before. Got it. Got it. Cool. Um, I, I want to ask you this question now uh, before we get to um, the, the the your proposed business model and then you know what the response has been uh, within the within the industry. But while we're on the topic of of product, what what other what other features do you see you know building in at some point into the uh, into the future? Yeah, it's, we're, we're currently looking at, at different features um, and, and prioritizing those for future releases. Um, and it really comes down to some of the specific needs for particular applications in different therapeutic areas. For example, orthopedic and spine-related procedures, there are a lot of different devices and utensils on many different trays. Typically, the device rep comes in with a laser pointer to point out particular items. We want to replicate that in a digital form, allowing the rep to essentially annotate video with their finger in real time on the iPad and then send a screenshot of that to the OR staff so that it essentially replicates the, the laser pointer in the operating room. Um, that, that's one feature we're really excited about. And then another feature 
um, is really just to be able to share content um, in real time with the OR staff. So either it's the rep showing them uh, a visual of the device um, and, and, and explaining how to implant it um, to, to another a number of other applications, but that, that's another really important feature as well. Almost like a you know taking what what we now consider like an in-service, but making that virtual as well. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could you could essentially use our platform for that. It, that's not the the, uh, the major use case, but you, uh, it could definitely be used for the for that type of in-servicing. Got it. Cool. And that that uh, sort of that that overlay uh, feature that would be similar to. You know what we see in a in an NFL football game where one of the, you know the 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 com one of the commentators you know draw basically in essence draws on the uh, you know on the screen is how we kind of see it on the on the on the other end of the uh, of the TV. Right, right, exactly. Because you know the OR staff doesn't really necessarily need to see the the visual of the rep on the other end all the time mm-hmm. unless they're unless they're physically trying to show them something. Um, so you can essentially see. The rep's face being replaced with a screenshot that gets flashed over in real time with those with those digital annotations um, embedded over the over the screenshot. Got it. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so let's. I know we're running short on time here, so let's briefly discuss um, kind of what your proposed business model is, um, and then what kind of what the response has been. You know what? Uh, you know within the, kind of the, the the medical device industry. Um, uh, you know, at, at, from a company perspective as well as from an individual rep perspective. Um, and then we'll you know we'll talk about what what healthcare providers think about think about the uh, the new rep platform as well. But um, uh, but let's start with yeah. the business model. Yeah. So right now we're we're currently actively investigating the the best go to market strategy and business model, and we're we're looking at two different. Approaches and, and one is a price per call, so a price, uh, a charge, a fee for every time a, a call is conducted or a case is conducted over NewRep. The other, the other business model is a, a, a licensing model, so an annual license uh, for use of our platform. And we're, we're leaning more towards um, uh, a licensing uh, approach initially, mm-hmm. so that we can get it out in the market, um, do proof of concept, and really start to hone in on what the ideal pricing structure business model would look like. Um, we've received phenomenal response from medical device manufacturers. I mean, since we've uh, publicly launched the demo mobile, we're receiving one to two inquiries a day from interested medical device manufacturers, and they're they're looking at using NewRep for a number of different uh, purposes um, to address some of their challenges. Uh, but that's really where we're at with that. And one of our biggest challenges right now is figuring out how to go to market with healthcare professionals. Um, because it is easy for us to, relatively straightforward for us to implement on the medical device industry side, mm-hmm. uh, but we want to make sure that we are very strategic with how we go to market with the healthcare professional side. So that's something that we're working with with our early customers right now. Got it. Um, on, on, on that note, because uh, this, this sort of fits under the, the business model as, as, as well as the kind of the, what you just mentioned, the, the going to market within the healthcare provider community, um, who, who do you envision... Um, who's responsible, I guess, for for supplying the hospital or the surgery center, wherever wherever the case is going on, with the actual hardware, the iPad in this case, uh, and then and then who who's responsible for sort of doing, or who do you envision being responsible for for sort of training the the healthcare providers, you know, the the techs, the nurses, uh, in some cases, the physicians. Yeah. So so the first question you asked, we really don't have a 
a good answer for you on that point yet. Uh, that's, that's something that we're still working through. Um, so, um, yeah, there, we don't really have a, a formal position on, on how we're going to get mobile devices but to the to the physicians, um, whether it's going to be on their own mobile devices or, or dedicated devices at an account level. Um, your second question... Um, Sorry, what was your second question? Is who actually who's responsible for you know for, oh, yeah. for kind of training the the healthcare community and uh, how to use the app? Yeah, we're we're anticipating the app to be as intuitive as possible uh, with some some overlay training on on how to use it. But we've really built this app using Apple's human interface guidelines into consideration um, to really provide an off the shelf instantaneous user experience where. The physician can download NewRep and and already know how to use it just through intuitive Apple um, development. Got it. Got it. Um, and that does make. I mean, those, those are, in my opinion, anyway, relatively small hurdles. Because I got it. I mean, like you just mentioned, you know, seventy seventy percent of the physicians, I think, you know, based on that Manhattan research, have tablets, and the overwhelming majority are are I or Apple, you know, tablets, right? iPads or iPads Minis, and then and then yeah, with um with increased usage, I think it's been my experience that that you know healthcare providers are becoming more and more. Uh, uh, used to uh, um, moving around, uh, moving around the uh, within within the, you know the iOS or, or the the iPad or the iPad Mini. So um, right, yeah, no, there'll be some training on the on the uh, rep side because we need to make sure that they're operating within HIPAA compliant bounds, and and there's going to be you know best practices on how to use new rep, where where not to use new rep, etc. So the there will be some some training and, and implementation on on the medical device side. Got it. Got it. Cool. And then and then you mentioned that the the response within the medical device community, or the, you know, on the medical device company side, has been overwhelmingly overwhelmingly positive. Have you ha- have you had any uh, actual device reps sort of respond in a negative way, thinking that you're encroaching on their uh, you know on their uh, their neighborhood uh, on their <laughs> on their particular- yeah yeah no definitely we definitely had those. We've definitely had those, but those have been uh, not the norm. So, you know, the, the the majority of reps we've spoken with have seen this as an opportunity, um, you know, to to drive more business and see more physicians and address some of the challenges they're facing, you know, with respect to uh, the current model. So, you know, the the, the reps out in the field that are, are really trying to drive business are going to see this as an opportunity to to increase their compensation and, and support more of their customers. Sure. And then, and then also, have you had any device companies respond in a way that, that surprised you? You know, like they, they, they weren't interested or they didn't see the potential value in something like this? Actually, haven't seen that, uh, that specific negative response. We've had a lot of interesting use cases that yeah. we weren't anticipating um, that they're currently assessing in the field with some of their reps to, to see if there's a viable business model around that. For example, just going to a completely repless model in certain areas where they have no reps mm. just to drive growth. So they're, they don't want to increase their headcount, but they want to try and increase the growth of their business. So they're looking at potential ways to kind of use new rep as an extender, if you will, into areas where they, they don't currently have any um, Customers or support. Oh yeah, I would think that would be a, a huge a huge win if you could utilize a you could u- utilize you know a platform like NewRep for uh, for those tor- 
those those sorts of uh, situations. So, um, yeah, cool. So as as I mentioned, we're uh, we're running. You still have a few minutes. We're running kind of uh, longer than I. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a I have a call at eleven, but um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so a couple a couple other uh, questions, sort of in conclusion. Real briefly, can you talk about your experience at Blueprint Health? You know what, maybe what stood out. Uh, were there any surprises that 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 you uh, that you experienced during your time at, at Blueprint? Yeah, the no, Blueprint was was phenomenal. It was, you know, the mobile uh, healthcare accelerator uh, with the largest uh, mentorship community, uh, specific in the healthcare industry, and really the the, the best part of that program was was being. Um, exposed to other like-minded entrepreneurs, uh, we were in a uh, we were in a class with with eleven other companies, and uh, you know, getting to to work with them and 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 face some of the same challenges and learn from each other. That was really the the best experience. Is really being embedded in the community and working side by side with with other entrepreneurs that are trying to address problems in healthcare. Yeah, and any um, other other than other than your own company, did you have any any favorites? Uh, that you uh, that you, saw? <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, all the companies there were. I'm putting you on the spot, Paul. Aren't I? Cal- yeah. <laughs> all the companies were of high caliber, to be honest. Um, you know, they do a superb job of selecting, you know, companies that have a solid team, you know, addressing a, a real problem and, and have the opportunity to really build a, a great, great solution in, in, a, in a large market. So um, they they they're they're a great team. Um, you know, hats off to Brad Weinberg and Matt Farthatch for really leading the way there. Yeah, cool. And then uh, you you uh, real quickly in regards to your background as well as Adams and and you you recently brought on another another uh, member to your team, um, Nick. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his last name. What how's his, how's his last name? Damiano. Damiano, you said. Yeah, got it. So you 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 mentioned that you and at least Adam uh, knew each other uh, through your your background at, at at Campbell. So real quickly, you um, you obviously you and Adam have you know are are early on in in what appear to be successful careers. Why did you pull the trigger on 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 you know and and, and go in this direction of you know starting your own uh, starting your own company and and all of the risk that that uh, that coincides with that. You decided to uh, to go down this path. Yeah, I think it, it really just had to do with a lot of the trends that we were seeing um, in the industry that, that pointed to a need for our solution. And when we when we did the investigation, nobody out there was really doing this, and it really got us excited that we could create a new marketplace, a marketplace where you know providers and suppliers are are communicating to each other in a remote fashion over secure video. Nobody was doing this. Um, you know, telemedicine was out there, but nobody was was taking taking it to the next level to improve patient care uh, from the medical device space. Um, and that that was really what what got us excited. Uh, and and when we when we visualized the the product and the solution, we really felt that that this could this this had legs. And uh, you know, Nick Nick is we consider him a uh, you know he's he's a third co-founder. He's a dedicated member of our team and. We met him at a Hackers and Founders meetup pretty much uh, a couple months after we incorporated, and he, he was a perfect match for our team. He aligned with our vision and was an expert in medical device engineering. He has uh, a master's and, and bachelor's degree from Stanford in engineering and was working at a medical device, engineer, uh, medical device startup, 
developing complex algorithms for a leadless pacemaker. So his experience in that really helped us develop our communication algorithm and some of the proprietary technology that we have today. Uh, cool, cool. Well, let's end, let's end it on that note. Um, thanks a ton for uh, for your willingness to come on and tell us uh, a little bit more about New Rep as well as uh, what the experience has been like this far. Yeah, thanks, Scott. No, it's been a pleasure uh, having having me on board, and it was really great speaking with you as well. Got it. Uh, and I'll have you hold on the hold on the line here um, in a second. But uh, for 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 those of sure. uh, for those of you listening, uh, thanks for your uh, uh, thanks for your. Uh, your ear through the entire, you know, what are we on? Close to 40, 45 minutes now. I really appreciate your uh, uh, your support in listening to this uh, this program. And remember, you can find um, if you're if you're listening to this online, we do have a a, a podcast. Just go to iTunes um, or Stitcher Radio or Downcast and just do a search for MedSider or medical device, and you'll find the podcast. You can download it for free um, or subscribe for free, I should say. That way, all the all the interviews will automatically uh, be delivered to your your device of choice uh, whenever there's a whenever there's a new one uh, posted. So anyway, uh, that's it for now. Until the next edition of MedSider, everyone, take care. Thank you.